and welcome to HopSack, a beer podcast with an InfoSack problem. I am your host, Ethan, and I'm here today with Greg. Hi, Greg. Hey, Luis. How's it going, man? Very well. Very well. How are you? Good. It's been a while. It's been probably, what, almost 10 years, at least 10 years? More than that. Like, we're, we're connected in social media and, and all that good stuff, but speaking with you, I want to say, was like 2004 or five. Yeah, probably, probably that long. Yeah, many beers ago. Yes, indeed. Speaking of beers. Yeah. What are you opening there? So since uh, it's a little early in the evening and uh, I really like IPAs, I have chosen a session IPA to start, which, uh, you know, has a little same, same hop, but a little less alcohol. So this is an all day IPA brewed in um, Grand Rapids, Michigan. So it by, is uh, the... by, by uh, Founders. Founders, yeah. Founders, yeah. So up, up north. Yeah, that's not too far from here. Yeah, it's it's far for you. So speaking of where where do you where do you buy your local beers? So I live in Atlanta, Georgia. I have for the majority of my adult life. That's where I went to high school and college, and eventually settled down. So it's, uh, yeah, I've been here. Yeah, most of my life. Good. And what got you? Well security slash infosec wise how you kind of how you got involved with that yeah that's a that's a uh, interesting story so i started out in college as a student assistant i worked in the the college of computing and um i did things like pull cable and change uh, printer toner and uh, that kind of stuff and as i became a more senior member I gradually got more system administration type responsibilities. So um, I was like uh, chasing egg drop bots that um, you know people would would install and to uh, hack IR, you know, the IRC bots. And I was also responsible for running crack on our on our Etsy password file. <laughs> and uh, that was that was a long time ago, but it was cool because uh, being the college of computing, you know, we had a lot of uh, you know, back then, the latest and greatest high-performance uh, multi-processor systems. So I remember we got our first, I think it was like an SGI Onyx back in the, the, the uh, mid-90s, and we had um, some of the very first Sun um, Spark multi-processors, you know, like the computers that are like the size of a, of a small refrigerator. So uh, I got to run crack and like run it in parallel and that kind of stuff see um you know it, it was a, a proactive measure because we knew that people were stealing your password file yeah so yeah eventually i i started like um helping with security maintenance patches and stuff like that on sunos and and those kind of things and you know a thing or two or two about linux correct i do <laughs> i started out with linux uh, very very early on in the, in the early 90s i guess uh, back then, it was it was uh, Linux versus BSD, uh, uh, and um, I forgot what the other, it was something I three eighty six. It was so long, but uh, you know that was back when all this licensing uh, uh, stuff was going on, and people weren't sure uh, if the BSDs would make it. So I tried out Linux uh, SLS with you know the stack of floppies, 
I got my my first computer, which was a 46DX33. And, um, I, you know, my treat was having 16 meg of RAM because uh, I, I knew I was going to run X Windows. So I, I wanted that. Uh, I wanted a lot of memory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, back then, that was a lot of memory. And uh, I got the DX because um, the difference between the SX and the DX, I think the DX had uh, a dual bus or something like that. Yeah, it's funny. I was looking at it not too long ago because my first one was a 386 SX. And then I'm like, there was a DX. What was a yeah. DX? Apparently DX was the desktop version, but I think yeah, that's what you like described. That. Yeah, yeah, that's dual bus or something like that. Yeah, and you know, so back then um, I would dial in, you know, that was back when we had like slurp and slip and all that kind of stuff. You know, because I dialed into the the college terminal servers, and then you know you you telnet to your to your uh, system, and then uh, run slip or slurp. Don't you miss those days? <laughs> yeah, those are fun times. Yeah. yeah so from there, um, I, I got into you know, it was started out really with system security, and then got more into networking security. So I started um, pulling, you know, like I said, pulling cable and. Uh, configuring switches and routers and you know, kind of that's what got me into internet routing and and uh, on from there. Greg, he is a very humble person, okay? <laughs> Greg probably knows whatever we, we think we know about the internet, like at a different level. And when he says he, he liked Linux, he was the maintainer of the Linux documentation project homepage for Three or four. Many hours. years, yes, I, yeah. I did that. Yeah, that was back when uh, when sunsite.unc.edu was the you know, like the big Linux distribution site. Yes. Just as uh, like Red Hat was was uh, coming on the scene there in North Carolina, and uh, we had what Yggdrasil and Debian and SLS kind of faded out, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So fun times. So, and I think he's going to be also humble about the beers, but um, what got you started with beers? I, I don't even want to say craft beers. Yeah, beer in general, you know, I was, I guess, your typical uh, college kid. Um, worked at a restaurant uh, part-time as well as working at the College of Computing. So, um, you know, the restaurant culture is very, very food and drink centric. So uh, we'd always you know, hang out and have some beers after we closed and um you know typically i, I worked at a, at a ruby tuesdays and you know back then um you know something like killian's was uh considered you know like a an extravagant craft beer <laughs> or um you know so we served a lot of, of your typical uh, major breweries and um you know i just i just thought they weren't particularly good um so i started looking into you know, I mean, back then, craft beer was not what it is today, but I just started looking at, like, what kind of beers are there out there? I, I drank a lot of, um, you know, like, we just always had, like, Miller Lite or something in our in our fridge, you know, along with my college roommates. So I, um, I lived off campus, and uh, there was a liquor store a couple, a couple miles away, and uh, they actually had a pretty significant... A beer selection, uh, not only domestic beers, but also international beers. So I, I said, okay, well, wouldn't it be neat if uh, I just tried them all uh, over time, obviously, 
And uh, I started keeping a list. I said, well, I'll just write down a list. And um, I, I turned it into a web page. And uh, like I wrote some funky Perl scripts to, to manage it and stuff like that. So I just started uh, keeping a list of, well, two things, I guess, really like actively seeking out different beers and uh, just keeping a list of, of beers uh, that I had tried. I also uh, started collecting the first bottle or can of every new beer that I tried. And uh, that grew to a collection of, uh, of several hundred bottles that I, I moved between different apartments many times. And uh, finally, I was tired of hauling it around, <laughs> to be honest. But uh, I had uh, yeah, a collection of, of several hundred beer bottles and um, you know, all sorts of the beer glasses and uh, beer coasters and bar mats and, and that kind of stuff. And uh, But I found uh, a couple of nice guys to come pick it up that were going to do some home brewing. So they ended up using all the bottles that I had saved. Oh, cool. That was repurposed. That's really cool. Yeah, I put it out on Craigslist and and uh, they came up and you know we loaded up their van and, and uh, off it went. And I, was, I probably collected those for uh, maybe probably 10 years, I think. It was quite a long time, and, and a lot yeah, of bottles, <laughs> and a lot of bottles. Yeah. So in my in my quest to try every beer, uh, I kind of um, I, it was very interesting because I I kind of went around the world. Um, I was very fortunate, you know, like I mentioned that this this liquor store had a, a very wide selection of uh, domestic and local beers. So I was able to get um, you know, beers from, uh, from England, uh, Samuel Smith was a, a favorite of mine. Um, and then, uh, you know, just other, other ones from, from Asia and, and South America on occasion. And, uh, of course, of course, from the U S too. And, uh, back then, uh, Georgia had uh, different liquor laws. So they had uh, a limit on the amount of alcohol that a beer could contain. So that really, uh, limited back then, the number of like high quality craft beers that you could get, you know, like you couldn't get like really like you couldn't get double IPAs or um, like some of the, the Belgian like triples and, and beers like that. So uh, since then the, the liquor laws in Georgia changed and uh, you know, we can get things like uh, stone is one of my favorite brewing companies. I actually visited it when I was out in San Diego, but they make a couple really high alcohol beers that you've been able to get in Georgia for the past couple of years. So that's been nice. Very nice. So now you know why Greg's here, other than being, he claims is like, he's one of the most, he's, I met Greg when he was already, let's say, networking. And he is the type of person that always had the security bit on, right? So it, that that's something that even like up to these days, if somebody's not really like in security, sometimes we have to have a conversation and convince people that security is everyone's problems and blah, blah, blah. He was always, he, he always impressed me with that. So I was hoping that he would say he was not in InfoSec, but he didn't say that, but that's, that's, yeah. what, that's what I say. So that's number one. Number two is that I remember the list um, that he had, that he mentioned. And I'm like, wow, when right way before Untapped, Greg was using VI and Netscape created his own uh, untapped app. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I call it my beer drinking page. Yeah, 
Is it okay if we link that on the show notes? Yeah, or? absolutely. Okay. And cool. I, I, I'm embarrassed because I haven't updated it in many years, but um, maybe you're going to take yeah. it. Maybe that gives me some that, inspiration. Yeah. yeah. And while you're on his webpage, you can also learn how to pair a Nokia 6310 and Bluetooth with a Linux uh, computer for T Mobile. Yeah, a little, little side project I did there. Yeah, I, I bet it was very interesting at the time. <laughs> it was, you know, and, and uh, it, was, it was a lot, a lot more difficult at that time, just, uh, you know, the support and the, the maturity of the, the devices and software just wasn't out there. So, you know, something like that was a, a, a multi-hour research project and trial and error. And I decided, decided to write it down because... I thought maybe useful for someone else. Oh yeah, I'm sure it, it was. I'm sure it's Google can can find that as well. Yeah. Nice. So let's talk about Atlanta a little bit. So what do you have to say about today's beer scene there, either from like a brewery perspective or bottle shops or brew pubs? Let's start with that. Yeah, so I think I think I started my list in 96. So um, obviously a lot has changed since then, um, both nationally in the craft brew industry and, you know, in, in Georgia itself, as I mentioned with the, the liquor laws and alcohol laws, we can, we can buy beer on Sunday now too. Uh, in, in most places, you couldn't do that a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But I think, um, I think Atlanta has followed, you know, the general resurgence of craft brew or, maybe not the resurgence or the, the popularity of craft brew that, um, you know, like Sierra Nevada and um, Boston Brewing Company, Sam Adams, and um, maybe Mendocino, you know, like the, those companies started. And uh, I think it's really, I would say exploded. It's not quite like, um, I don't know, Colorado, for example, or Portland or Oregon or Seattle, but there are a lot of craft breweries here. And, um, both uh, breweries and brew pubs. So, you know, back in, in the 90s, um, we had Atlanta Brewing Company, which was somewhat independent, but then um, one of the major brewers uh, bought a big stake in them, so we didn't consider them to be independent anymore. But um, 1997 was the first uh, brewery that I remember uh, came on the scene. It was called Sweetwater Brewing Company. They're still very active today. And um, I saw I saw a Sweetwater like in some random country in Europe. Uh, I I want to say it could have been in Amsterdam in a beer bar. So um, I think it was Sweetwater. So yeah, I think you may be able to, to get them uh, overseas now as well. But uh, they're very widely distributed in the U.S. now, and uh, they made a 420 pale ale, which became kind of my my house beer. I guess, you know, like my, like you have a, a table wine that was my, my house beer that we always had. And uh, one of the early companies I worked with, Mindspring, actually um, branded Mindspring IPAs. So like we had our logo, our Mindspring logo on the, nice. on the IPA. And uh, yeah, so it was a cool thing that, that uh, we did back then when Sweetwater was small and, and Mindspring was also small. So. I, I'm and sure then, you, kept, you kept that bottle. Didn't you? I did. Yeah. That's one, one that I, <laughs> that's kept. awesome. I, I also have, um, this kind of gets geeky, but I also have a beer, beer bottle that Greg Shepard gave me. Uh, beer is a multicast technology stands for bit independent, explicit, uh, explicit replication. I think, 
And um, Shepard, he's been around the IETF and the industry for a long time. And he actually brewed beer beers. And the label was like the, the, the first part of the RFC. He, he, he shrunk it down. You know, like RFCs have like the authors on the right side and then you know, like the RFC draft name on the left. So that was the, the label of the beer. That's and it was a homebrew. And awesome. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's pretty geeky. <laughs> Well, that's why we're here, right? That's why this is not a beer, just a beer podcast, I guess. Cool. So what's going on? What, what Do you have a favorite brewery in your in the area there? Yeah. So um, so I mentioned that there, in the meantime, in addition, like microbreweries or craft breweries or whatever you would call them have, have popped up. We also have a bunch of brew pubs. So there's one, um, you know, just like five minutes down the road from me and you know, they have like the big tanks on, on one side and they, they have like their standard sort of, you know, beers that they always have and they have a rotation of, um, you know, new things that they try. And they're also, um, it's, it's, a, it's a gastro pub kind of place. So, you know, beer and food go so well together and good beer and good food is such a great combination. So there are, there are a lot of places like that. Uh, Atlanta is a big city, so. I live out in the suburbs, but uh, downtown suburbs, you, you name it, there's lots of these places that have popped up as well as a lot of the different craft breweries. So uh, Monday night's a pretty good brewery from, uh, from Atlanta and um, uh, Sweetwater obviously is still one of my favorites. And there's also um, one from Marietta that uh, their name escapes me right now, but it's uh, Red Hair, I think is, a, is another one. And I, I think you get a lot of these nationally now. You know the, the beer distribution is, is so much easier now with um, with all the technology yeah but still some places like you cannot get certain beers from different places and so yeah on. and then you know some people they don't want to distribute or they don't want to want to go through a they you know they they, they, they would rather keep it small instead of going through a brewery and have someone else do the brewing and bottling so you know, yeah I respect that yeah you know, some people's goal is is quality and not to get big um, and that that's a you know, that's a great goal in life. It is. If, and actually, it's, a bit, it's challenging to breweries, right? Because some of them, they chose to go big and that kind of like destroyed their reputation somehow. Yeah. Then they learn like with those uh, things that happen, other breweries said, okay, you want to buy me? Cool. But I'll either keep doing things the way that we've been doing or we're going to keep our some of our special beers like kind of not to ourselves but like we're gonna have more control on how to make yeah. them and how to distribute them i think that's the case for like goose island here in chicago yeah, yeah, I love right? goose island, yeah. but also the distribution hell like the whole having like being part of a larger uh, brewery helped for example like when the bourbon county stout uh they're they're specialty beer that is released around like November, December. Um, before it used to be like very Chicago centric, right? If you yeah, want that yeah, beer, sure. you have to go come here to, to the, some locations and standing line and on Black Friday and buy your yeah, beer. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they yeah. still have some that are only sold here, but you can find those in California, I suppose, Atlanta. And yeah. actually in Atlanta, you can. Yeah, I can get Goose Island here. I don't know if I can get uh, that specific one. Yeah, uh, you you might get some variants, but not others. But speaking of yeah. beer uh, bottle shops, I 
I haven't been to Atlanta many times, but the one time I followed these guys on Instagram, uh, I don't know how I ran into them, but it's a bottle shop called Spray Bottle. Okay, I, wanna I haven't heard of them. I want to say they're in Marietta, but I don't know that area too well. I'll put that on the show notes, I guess. But yeah, they have like an amazing... Yeah, they're in Marietta, actually, yeah. Um, they have an amazing selection of beers. They're like super, super awesome. Yeah, there's, you know, I mean, that's an interesting thing you mentioned. Um, even like, so uh, like our, our local grocery store is Kroger. You know, it's a, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if you have them up, uh, up in your area, but yeah, it's a national chain. And um, they even have a lot of, you know, like I would say like smaller breweries and craft breweries and they have, they even have this thing where you can mix and match and build your own six pack. So, Oh, nice. You know, like the, I think just the, the beer, um, I don't know what, what do you want to call it? Beer drinking spirit has just kind of expanded significantly over the, the past several years here where uh, you can find good beer just about anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I've never been to that grocery store because I really love the public subs. So yeah, every oh, time I'm, when I'm yeah. like in the Southeast, I go to Publix and I have a sub <laughs> and then I check, then I go check the, the, the beer selection. Yeah, those are good. Yeah. Um, another brewery that I like in your neck of the woods is called Creature Comforts. You ever heard of them? I've not heard of them. Okay, if you like IPAs, you should go check them out yeah definitely uh, definitely like ipas i think they're in athens um yeah oh yeah yeah athens um athens has uh parapin which was you know one of the uh early i guess what do you what do you want to call them? microbreweries or craft breweries yeah mm -hmm. i remember that they were uh, they existed back in the in the 90s and i actually drove went up to athens and we visited the brewery there but they make some they they specialize in uh, some really like uh, they have an uh, executioner I think it's called a you know, like double IPA with you know uh, almost ten percent alcohol so they specialize in like super super high alcohol beers that are super tasty but you know you mentioned um, you know kind of like the the mass distribution and and uh, things like that I think um, I, I think some of the oldest breweries that come to mind are that well yingling obviously the uh, oldest brewery in, the, in america but um i think sierra nevada and uh, sam adams you know i think they were very influential early on and i think i think sierra nevada you know they have they have breweries uh, they have one up in um, i visited chico a long time ago which is their original location and uh, they have a brewery in Asheville now too so i know they brew on on both coasts but I, I think they've maintained their quality and, uh, and also their variety. You know, they still have a couple of seasonal beers that they do. And, uh, I think, I think, I don't think anyone would, would argue that, um, that Jim Cook or, or Koch or however you like to pronounce his name from uh, Boston beer company. I think he's been very influential and, and has also maintained his integrity. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. You know, as, um, Boston beer company, uh, so I, Boston, uh, Boston lager used to be my house beer before Sweetwater 420. So I used to drink a lot of uh, Boston lager is one of my favorite beers, but 
um, you know, I think they've maintained uh, their integrity, but uh, you know, some people may disagree. But they also demerged with Dogfish Head, right? That's yeah. So they're like they were not really like microbreweries, they, and they've been around forever. No, right? no. But I think it's like the owners, like they they share the same mindset. Yeah, I think it, that's exactly what I was saying. It's more like a, a mindset and a value. Um, you know, I think even when I started drinking, drinking beer, being having a national distribution probably disqualified me from being a microbrewery. You yeah. know, the fact that I lived in Atlanta and I got a beer from Chico or Boston. Uh, you know, that, that probably meant they were a microbrewery. So you kind of stole my, well, you answered my question before I got to ask it. Uh, so, okay. going, so going through your list, I saw like that you went to a few breweries and one of them that it seemed like by the, the comments that you thought that you liked was uh, Sierra Nevada. And I, I find it like you, you also maintain, you say, I got a couple coasters and I got, you, you list, the kind of swag that you got there too. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Um, I never, I would, like, as you know, I lived in California for, for a bit, but I never like convinced myself to drive up to Chico. Number one, I was not really into craft beer that much at that time. Yeah. But I'm like, so how was that? How was that trip to Chico? Is it, is it worth it? I think it is. Um, so we, um, we did a, a bit of a beer tour. Uh, we were out there actually, I, th I think for a work event, you know, at our, at our previous company where we both worked. So uh, we were in the, the, the Valley area and uh, we decided to drive up to Chico and uh, stay overnight there. But on the way, we also stopped by uh, Mendocino where uh, Mendocino Brewing Company is. So uh, kind of, uh, you know, that was just like a, a lunch stop. Um, but uh yeah, because uh, I could get uh, Mendocino. I think it's Mendocino. Um, Sounds about right. Yeah. As yeah. I said, like I would like look in the map, and I'm like, no, Chico is too far. I'll just not go anywhere. Yeah. And drink beer. Locally. But it was. But it was nice. Um, I did a couple trips like that. Um, very cool trips with um, in the overseas. I don't know if that's interesting. You want to hear about oh, that? Oh yes. Oh yeah. Let's let's launch so, into um, the, the travel stuff. Yeah, I travel so, quite a bit. I travel, you travel. Yeah, I, I'm. Uh, I'm at about um, two two and a half million miles, I think, uh, since uh, you know the past twenty years, twenty five years. So it's uh, I've been around the world. We're head to head uh, a, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so you too, I know. But um, back in the uh, in the early two thousands, we were working together. Uh, camera was a big thing. I don't know if you remember what that is, but it's the campaign for real ale. I do not know what that is. Yeah, so it's, it's, it was in the UK. Okay. Um, because there was a big craft beer movement in the UK and, um, you know, kind of like in, in, the, in the US and other parts of the world. So the campaign for real ale was really focused around um, small quality craft breweries and, you know, the integrity that they maintain and things like that. Um, Samuel Smith is one of my favorite uh, breweries in England and uh, you know like you get their beers like you're, you're in London and you know like you get the, the, the Samuel Smith out of the, the hand pumped um, cask conditioned ale you know uh, that kind of beer so uh, we decided to go to um, a couple of different places uh, Scotland and Wales and uh, we had a, like an arrival 
time and a departure time, obviously, because we book round trips. And uh, we just rented a, a car and uh, we had the rough guide in one hand and then, which is a, it's like, you know, like a guide to not youth hostels, but you know, like bed and breakfast and, and that yep. kind of stuff. They have them for a lot of different countries. So we had like the rough guide in one hand and the camera guide in the other. The camera guide listed like all the real ale pubs. <laughs> and um, so we looked at the rough guide and we're like, okay, we're going to uh, Scotland, for example. Like we're going to, um, uh, well, we started out in, in uh, Glasgow, I guess. Or, or Edinburgh, we drove up through, um, you know, up and around the top and then back down. So everywhere we went, we just said, okay, you know, like we're going to drive about six hours. So um, so let's use the rough guide to find a B&B and the camera guide to find a pub along the way. So we stopped in some very small places in uh, Wales and Scotland where, um, you know, it was like the typical... Uh, you know, like a bunch of kind of older men sitting around at, at two in the afternoon. And uh, we were in some very out of the way places. We just pop in for a half pint. Uh, you know, I was driving, so obviously I didn't want to drink too much. So we just pop in for a half pint for a, one of the local beers and, uh, and had that and off we went. And I'm sure that we, we were in some pubs where they may not have seen an American, or, you know, <laughs> at least not in a very long time. <laughs> And, uh, you know, two young Americans popping in for a half pint uh, was not something that happened there every day. It's like you came all the way here for half a pint. What's what's wrong with you? Have a full yeah. pint. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so that was fun. So I did that a, a couple of times. And then, you know, just just trying a local beer in every country um, has, just, uh, has just been kind of one of the things that I did. So sometimes that uh, that worked out well, and, and sometimes you know the local beer is is not that good. It happens, unfortunately, but it's getting yeah. better. I think overall, what the do you remember? What's the not so great beer that you had? Um, I would say just you know not to not to um, generalize, but you know generally the most common beer that you find in Asia and Southeast Asia. Is just you know like your typical kind of lager. Yeah, you know, it's hot and they. Like, yeah, it's hot. They're refreshing. Um, you drink I like, a lot and you don't care. Yeah. Exactly. I like you know like big IPAs, um, hoppy beers. So those are not my favorite. Um, you know, I mean, Europe is obviously known for the, the pilsner and you know the 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 beers that are brewed to the the law of fifteen sixteen the, the purity laws. So. You know, you get a lot of very good pilsners, uh, very good lagers, but you know, um, and I like some some beers that are a little bit bigger and, and a little bit hoppier. So uh, I was very very surprised and pleased to see that uh, almost everywhere I've been in the country, uh, I'm sorry, in the country and the world actually, um, there are craft breweries or or bottle shops that have craft beer or brew pubs or things like that. Um, I spent a lot of time in Slovakia over the past couple of years, which is you know, used to be used to be Czechoslovakia, right? And then the Czech Republic split in the north, and Slovakia split in the south. So it's just uh, just past Vienna and Austria. And um, even in in Slovakia, they have a, a little craft beer movement in um, in Bratislava, which is the capital. 
they have a couple craft breweries and, and, and brew pubs. So um, been there with, with the local team and tried a bunch of different um, IPAs and, and uh, sat along the river. It's on the, the Danube River. So, you know, you sit out in the cafe drinking a craft beer, um, you know, watching the river boats go by. That's kind of nice. That's, that sounds very nice, actually. <laughs> yeah. And uh, another great experience I had was uh, in Leuven in, uh, in Belgium. I was there with uh, a colleague who you probably remember that we were doing, um, we were doing a test for some routers. And uh, Leuven's a college town. It's the home of Stella. And um, we drank quite a bit of Leffe. <laughs> um, you know, sitting out there, it was great uh, being a college town. It was just great, you know, it was summertime, all the, all the cafes were, were packed. And, you know, the thing I love about, about Europe is um, you see a bunch of different people drinking beer, you know. In the U.S., it's, I don't know if there's bias, but, you know, you don't see grandmothers in the U.S. sitting together having a beer. That's you know? not, but, yeah, that's not a usual. Yeah, but, you know, thing. you go to any cafe in, in Europe and there's a couple... You know, grandmothers sitting there having a half pipe with lunch or something like that. But uh, uh, Lurvin was really nice because, you know, obviously we worked during the day and then we went out at night and uh, just like the crowds and the energy and, you know, the students and drinking Lefe, uh, blonde and, and doubles and all that. So it, was, it was quite fun. Yeah, the cultural differences, as you said, is something very interesting. What like always comes to mind when, when I talk about that is being in Berlin and like you go, oh, yeah. you, you get in the subway like at, I don't know, 8, 9 a.m. and dude is going to work or somebody's going to work. That doesn't have to be a dude going to work and they have a bottle of backs or something and that's their breakfast. Yep. It's all good. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, the whole, the whole culture and approach to things is different. Like, you know, I spent some time in Germany and in Germany you can drink when you're 16. You know, can't drive until you're 21. Um, but you can drink when you're 16. So uh, it's, it's much more common just to, to see a family, you know, having some beers at, at dinner. But on the other hand, you know, they don't overdo it either. They, they you know, they, they, they have a couple beers and then that's it. It's not like, you know, the whole family's up drinking until two in the morning. So Yeah. And it's not that when you turn 21, you're like, oh my God, I have got to have all the beers that I haven't had for the last <laughs> exactly. 21 years. That's... Whereas in the U.S. It's, <laughs> it's completely different, and uh, you know it's it's much more regulated. And I think there used to be just like uh, you know some sort of I don't want to say stigma, you know, but like if you wanted to have a beer with lunch, um, you know, like like in in Europe, people do that all the time. Like I've been to a bunch of our offices in Europe, and you know, like we'll go out for lunch, and someone orders a wine or someone orders a beer, and you know, yeah. like that's just one or it, sometimes it, two. Yeah, sometimes too, but, you know, then, then everyone goes back to the office and, and works the rest of the day, you know, it's not like, um, you know, so I think just the culture and the approach is much, much different in the U.S. where there's, stigma is the wrong word, but, you know, like, you're looked down on if you have a, a beer during lunch. Yeah. Um, you know, or maybe your, 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 um, your intentions are questioned, maybe, where, you know, really what you want to do is you want to enjoy like beer and food, you know, like we were saying, go well together. Like you want to have a, like burgers and beer and pizza and beer. I mean, what's, what's better than pizza and beer? Well, on the flip side, in other places, if you don't have it, people look weird at you. As yeah, well, that's right? true. That's true. Yeah. 
like in my previous job, I introduced my team to what in Brazil we refer to, what would translate to um, one-way lunch. That yeah. means you go to lunch and you don't come back. <laughs> yeah. Right? And there are beers involved. Sometimes there are more more beers involved than, than food. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it happens. I mean, you know, I, I've had those too. I'm not going to lie. But yeah. Yeah. It's, but I think like it's not something that you do every week or even every month. No, no. Every no. once in a while, when you had like a rough week, you're like, you gotta pull the, pull the trigger and say, you know what, one way lunch and off we go. Yeah, and you know, I mean, it's it's a lot of things. It's it's a social thing. It's a it's a team building thing. It's a it's a letting loose thing. Yeah, stress relief. So, you know, there's a lot and of now we have done. Zoom. <laughs> and now, now we have Zoom. Yeah, that's that's funny. Yeah, there's a lot of different, a lot of different aspects. Absolutely. Um, in one of the things here in your beer list, um, you talk about what seemed to have been a really great beer trip to Colorado. Yes. What what breweries do you remember? This is back in '98. So, I think I think that was for the Denver Nanoc. Okay. For uh, those to, for those in I'd security that are not too plugged into the networking world, what is Nanog? Nanog stands for the North American Network Operators Group. And Nanog holds three meetings a year. And uh, we talk about networking topics. If you've heard of like Usenix Lisa, that's kind of like for system administration you know, like Black Hat, that's like for security. So Nanog is like where all the internet service providers and like the hosting companies and the, the Googles and the Yahoos come and talk about internet routing and touches on security too and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So back to Colorado. Yeah. So if I think if I remember correctly, um, you know, I'm old, so my memory fails, but if I remember correctly, that was the Dan Denver Nanog. And uh, what I really loved about that trip is um, one of my favorite breweries from Colorado is there. It's Great Divide, Great Divide Brewing Company. Uh, Denver, even back then and, and today, you know, has like a, a fantastic beer culture, um, wonderful downtown, like walking areas and stuff like that, as well as a number of different brew pubs that were all on my list. So um, I was kind of uh, in charge of, of where we went for, for dinners. Because <laughs> uh, my my coworkers at the same time um, also like good beer. Um, not to get off off uh, subject, but um, that that employer is, is the only time where we had annual reviews. And uh, one sentence in my review said, "And Greg also likes to drink good beer." <laughs> that was in that was in my uh, annual employment review. So that tells you. Uh, the culture of, of that company at the time was fantastic. But uh, Denver was great. And uh, what I loved about Great Divide is um, we walked in, you know, that was like the number one favorite on my list because they had a bunch of different beers that I was able to get in Atlanta. And uh, we walked in and they had just finished brewing. And, you know, they're like hosing down the floors and stuff like that. And, you know, like a lot of places you go in, when they're, they're trying to close up, you know, like they'll ask you to leave or they won't let you in or something like that. But the people there were just like so cool and so laid back. And they said, you know, yeah, come on in. 
like we're just hosing down the place and I forget who I talked to. It couldn't even been the head brewer. And, um, you know, we just sat there like chit chatting for, for, uh, several minutes, you know, like what, what they were brewing. And I told them I was from Atlanta and I loved their beers. And like, at that time they were like, wow, like someone from Atlanta, you know, like has come to visit us and, <laughs> and likes our beers. Like, I mean, you know, that was, that was a long time ago, you know, that was kind of, kind of yeah. uh, new back then. And, uh, so, you know, like, I think, I think that's, um, reflective of the whole of generally my experience with the beer culture you know like i mentioned um, well chico was obviously a more corporate but you know i went to stone brewing company and the people there you know like totally cool and laid back um sweetwater here in atlanta you know they do like brewery tours um totally laid back so i think a, a big part of the beer culture is just you know that that uh, slowing things down and you know because you don't drink beer fast you know like when you when you drink beer you're you're kind of committing to enjoyment i think you know yeah like when you drink shots that's a different style of drinking (laughs) (laughs) but like like beer drinking is it's all about slowing it down you know let's 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 have a beer you know you don't say like uh you know like let's get together well i guess you just say let's get together for a quick beer but you know that's not the implication like usually it's it's not one quick beer it's not one quick beer you know like you, you generally tend not to pound beers, especially the ones that you want to you know, like savor and enjoy. So I think just the beer culture in general is very relaxed and laid back. And I, I, I would say that internationally, definitely, you know, all the, the breweries and brew pubs that I've been to, I, I think I can say without exception, you know, the, everyone has been very warm and welcoming. And, um, you know, in general, I think it's just like human nature. Like you show a genuine interest in someone's craft they're going to be responsive. They're going to be warmly responsive and open to you. So, you know, if you come in with an attitude, then you're going to get an attitude. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great trip though. And, and I visited great divide. Um, there's another one up by the old stadium. I forget its name. Uh, it's probably my, on my beer drinking page somewhere, but um, also, you know, Denver used to have the, uh, the great American beer festival. And uh, it's been one of my goals to go there, but I've never made it. Well, they still do, other than 2020, yeah. because everything yeah. got canceled, right? But um, I think they still do. At least yeah. they did until last year. Yeah, haven't yeah, been there yet. Maybe that's one of my bucket list goals. Have you been to beer festivals? I, I have, yeah. You know, kind of interesting. We talked we talked about the craft beer scene in Atlanta, and you know, we talked about like bottle shops. Uh, brew pubs, microbreweries, but one thing that has also um, started are beer festivals. So um, some of the smaller cities will have these beer festivals where, like the local breweries show up with the you know with like the the sample cups and um, yeah you pay like you know five bucks ten bucks entrance fee or something like that and you know they have like food trucks are so popular now so it, it turns into like not just like a craft beer event but kind of a craft beer food so they're a lot of fun um, nice. i haven't been to one in a, in a while but that's i think that's definitely an important component is you know like the socialization and just hanging out with a bunch of people that like to drink good beer you know beer makes people happy i want to say that's that's true yeah it does so you know one, one other thing i think it's interesting if we still have time is in, oh we is do observation how's how, that, how, how are you doing on your beer um, my beer is empty. <laughs> Maybe you need another beer. 
I don't know. Do we have time to take a break to run and grab a beer? We, you, you. I'll keep just. I'll, 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 I'll tell, tell a joke. You go get a beer. Okay. <laughs> so in the meantime, I am drinking a beer that I've been saving for a while. Um, eventually put in the fridge. It is a Aslan, which is out of DC. We heard about this brewery in different places. Uh, but now I am in the dark. I cannot read the name. It's Pro Progeny. Progeny is the name. So Aslan Brewing Company, Progeny. And it's not a session IPA. I can tell you that. It is an imperial stout with peanut butter, coffee, maple, and bacon. And I should have read this because now it's eight o'clock at night and I'm drinking coffee beers. This is gonna be fun. But oh, it's a sounds, good dessert. Sounds good. It's really good. It's really, I think I bought this about two years ago. Oh, nice, yeah. When I visited that area. And yeah, it was, there's a conference up there. Uh, it's called Shmookon. Yeah, oh, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, it happens like yeah. it's usually January or February. So I brought my my beer Pelican case with me. Um, oh, nice. Landed at DCA, got on an Uber, went to Aslan. Now they have a second location that is much closer to DCA, but at the time was, uh, I think it's Herndon, uh, Virginia. Yeah. And I went there and like the, the, the driver is like, hey, um, where are you going? Like, you're, are you coming back? I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna go, go buy beers. Like, are you gonna drink beer? I'm like, no, just buying. It's like, how long are you gonna be there for? Do you want me to drive you back? I'm like, absolutely. I'm gonna be there for like four minutes. They're like, you're not gonna <laughs> drink any beers there? I'm like, no, they don't have a tap room. It's gonna yeah, be like nice. a gar garage door. I'm gonna tell them what I want. They're gonna give me like cans of beers and I'm gonna head back. Yeah, and, nice. And the, so the I, driver I used... was impressed about that. <laughs> I used to do that too, you know. Did you know that? Mm -mm. You know, nope. you know Bever beverages and more, right? Yes. So there was a beverage, a Bevmo, um, at Lawrence. It's probably still there. Lawrence and um, uh, El Camino. Right. And you know, just you know, not far from our office. So yeah, I I would drive there on to way, on the way to the San Jose airport and. <laughs> pick up beers and uh, just stick it in my carry-on. Back then, you know, that was before uh, all the security restrictions. So yeah. uh, you, didn't, you didn't have um, ounce limitations. So yeah, I'd get a couple six packs or like a mix and match or nice. somewhere, 22 ounce. And I had a, I had a BevMo membership card. And <laughs> um, I, 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 they were always surprised when I pulled it out. And um, I think I was the only member from Georgia like that had a, a BevMo membership card. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, I brought back a lot of beers, you know, because like I was telling you, I, I couldn't find new beers in Georgia at, at my liquor store. So I had to resort to, to bringing back beers from other places. That's awesome. Uh, I remember coming back. The first time I went to Russian River Brewery, I, I think was the first time that I, that I repurposed my, my Pelican case for beer yeah. sharing. Uh, so I went That's to a great idea. Russian River, and I at the time now they have cans as well. They have like Pliny the Elder in cans and other beers, but they had Pliny the Elder only in bottles. So I bought a whole bunch, brought back to Chicago. So I'm checking in. They look like what is this like network equipment yeah. or something? I'm like <laughs> no, 
what is that, tools? I'm like, no, it's beer. And she's like, oh, okay, cool. What what kind of beer? And then launched into, oh, there's this brewery up north. She's like, oh, Russian River? And I'm like, yeah. yeah. She's like, yeah, I used to work at um, Whole Foods. And yeah, this beer, like we had that for like about half an hour. Like it sells yeah. out and this and that. I'm like, wow, that's really cool. It was really, wow, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I never, I never had trouble going through the the security or anything. I, you know, it was just, it, I don't think I even had to take the beer out most of the time. Yes, just, you know, throw it, throw it at the scanner. But Different. yeah, you mentioned something uh, interesting while I was uh, getting another beer, which is uh, cans, which is also yeah, um, what I'm drinking. And yeah, I think there were there were two um, two things that people criticized um, you know, back when I started drinking beer. One was clear bottles, which uh, I can definitely you know, understand. I always wondered why Samuel Smith used clear bottles um, in in their beers. Um, you know, like the the theory is that they don't protect the beers as well, and that the yes. um, green or brown bottles you know prevent the oxidation and and um, things like that. Spitfire Brewing Company, also one of my favorites from uh, England, use clear bottles. But, um, you know, and of course, beers like Corona use clear bottles too. But uh, mm-hmm. I think that was interesting. But um, I think one thing that's really changed is uh, people's attitude towards cans. And, uh, you know, I mentioned because I'm drinking a can and you're mentioning a can. So, you know, back when I got into beer, um, only cheap beers use cans. Uh, and now I think um, I think that's changed, and I think it's interesting uh, how that's changed and, and why that's changed. And uh, you know, I think basically back then people people didn't think that the quality of the canning kept the beer as fresh, and that I think was the predominant reason why people didn't, you know, why, why craft brewers didn't use cans or didn't use it a lot. Um, incidentally, there's uh, there's one from uh, Iron City. Pittsburgh, they actually used uh, steel cans that are magnetic. Oh, wow. uh, most most <laughs> other uh, breweries use aluminum, but you yeah. know they use you know Iron City Pittsburgh steel. So that was their that was their thing. Nice. But uh, <laughs> anyway, you know, since then over the past couple of years, the canning technology has gotten so good that um, a a lot of craft brewers and you know even like Sierra Nevada, um, uh, Sweetwater. Put, uh, uses cans now so I think that's an interesting phenomenon and uh, speaking of Colorado again my brother uh, lives there and he told me that Dale's was one of the breweries that kind of pioneered the canning and um, oh yeah Oscar was, Blues that, yeah Oscar Blues yep exactly yep. yeah that's the brewery and uh, he said it was because of uh, the outdoor culture there so you know Colorado has a great beer culture but also a great outdoor culture and the hikers I don't know if this is true but this is what you know, this is story told me he said that the hikers were tired of hauling bottles up and down the mountains and you know they weren't going to like take a cheap beer in cans so they they really asked for to have good beer in cans because it compacts so well and uh, you know they uh, they were able to carry the cans back the mountain down the mountain easier but, it totally makes sense yeah yeah but i think it's just interesting to see you know like even five ten years ago the only the only beers that were in cans were you know, like Budweiser, uh, you know, those kind of the mass produced beers and very few craft beers and cans. But, you know, now, um, now it's, I actually prefer the cans because, um, you know, we can recycle them here and I can, I can compress them and they don't take up the whole trash can. 
yeah. the whole recycling can. So I think that's just an interesting phenomenon that um, that's worth mentioning. Yeah, and protects the beer from light, like the types of beer Absolutely, that, like yeah. you care about that. Easier to transport, as you said. Um, I also think, I'm not entirely sure, but I think because of, well, number one, I think Dale is the name of the owner of Oscar Blues. That's where yeah. they have the yeah. Dale's Paleo. Um, yes. They, I think he likes biking a lot. So that might have a thing or two related to that. Yeah, that but could also, be the but also I heard that either they pioneered or they they have some sort of licensing on the crawler uh, machines and oh, yeah. cans. I think they like if a beer uh, brewery or a brew pub wants to have like crawlers, somehow yes. I think they have IP in that or like some Oh sort that's of, nice. I, yeah, so so that's um that's a great story too because um you know, when all the restaurants here were shut because of COVID and um, when they started opening up, the, the brew pub that I mentioned earlier was just down the street. Um, they, they offered these crawlers. I looked at it and I said, wow, that's like an expensive beer. Um, oh, I'll get it. <laughs> but then they like gave me this huge can. I said, oh, that's why it's, it's so much. I didn't understand. Um, and, you know, it's great that you can just they like can it right there in front of you. Yeah, uh, 32 I mean, hours like, of whatever, right? I don't it, know. It, it doesn't get any fresher than that. I thought, wow, like that is amazing. Yeah. You know, we haven't been out in a long time and, and uh, things like that amaze me. <laughs> yeah, one of the things that like the pandemic helped Chicago with is like y you couldn't obviously get like alcohol to go or take out or delivery. Yeah. And now, yeah. now that's normal. But not only that, like certain places... Um, like a, a really good place that I, I might have mentioned already in the show some other time. Uh, it's a brewery, a brew pub here called Cruz Blanca. It's from that chef, uh, Rick Bailey's. The, the, oh yeah, I know Rick, yeah. Yeah. The, I know his Bob, name. I yeah, know Rick. The, the Bob Ross of food, of Mexican yes. food. Um, yes. Yeah, he makes awesome food. They, he's got a few restaurants here, but he also has like the brewery attached to one of his restaurants. And I remember pulling up to get like food to go. And I see this the, this couple, they're like buying stuff like out of the window. And then they just, all they have is like two crawlers. I'm like, oh, that's yeah. cool, right? They like beers and the beers they make are really good. They Each one just like pops the, the crawler, the drink out of the crawler, like a little, like 32 ounce beer and just like walking down the street. I'm like, yep, that's yeah, the way that's to do awesome. it. <laughs> yeah, a lot of restaurants are allowed to like, like serve wine to go and you know, like liquor to go and stuff like that here now. Yeah. That's a, kind of an interesting phenomenon. <laughs> yeah. We got to get something good out of this, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. So what else do I have here? I have like other, so you still collect coasters or that's, that's gone. Uh, you know, I, I, I have a couple that I saved. I have a couple, I saved about, um, eight beer glasses I think that were you know most sentimental to me but I just had to get rid of everything else if if you want to I'll throw out another geeky thing if you want to know where I, I kept some of my beer collection uh, collection I kept it on on top of my PDP 11 <laughs> uh, which was it was a, it's an 1123 plus it was in two 19 inch racks and uh 
it was very handy for stacking uh, beer bottles and, <laughs> and beer things. So I, I got rid of that a long time ago too, but that just kind of was another um, geeky fact about me. So tell you what, moving apartments, hauling around a PDP-11 is not much fun. No, so. but when, when you were talking about like the older computers that you had uh, at the university, like, well, maybe one of those would make a really good beer fridge. So just yeah. keep, keep that um, in mind. <laughs> yeah, you can uh, you can do a lot with them for sure. Yeah, um, a lot of them are are off to the, the scrap heap now. But yeah, I had a bunch of different uh, computers. Like you know, in college, you'll pick up anything you know and turn it into furniture. So I had a couple um, that were end tables, things like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know how it is being a, a poor nice. college student. Yeah. yeah, we were young at one point. Yeah. Years. Yeah, we were. But we're still drinking beer. That's what matters. Yeah, for sure. So I pick, I also, like going through your list, I pick, I'm like, have I ever had a beer with Greg? Like, have I ever had a beer with Greg? And I'm like, I think I did. So I kind of like I'm, when going through the I'm list. Sure, and, we must have. Oh, yeah. Like shitty beers for sure. Um, oh. Like working. But yeah. at the same event that you're going to remember now, um, one of my favorite breweries out of San Diego is Alesmith. Yes. I, I don't know we if were, you... Yes. yes. We were at a sales conference in San Diego. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, Alesmith. He had like, you had one or two beers of that from them. And I'm like, yes. I'm looking at the date because you're really good like documenting stuff. So I'm like, yeah. oh, I think I was there. I don't know if I had that beer at that point in time because that's when uh, probably was the night that Brazil was playing England. Yes, yes. Remember that was the, 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 was World, the World Cup? Cup? Yeah. Remember and like people had Brazil and England shirts on and like the yeah. loser had to jump in the pool? It was a shit show. Yeah. I think, wasn't it? Yeah. Because, yeah, because we had like this global like conference, like work conference yeah. from people all over the place and we had we happened to have brazilians and british people yeah and then yeah it was so i'm like it was probably that night i probably had a lot of beer well i know i had a lot of beer but i don't know yes. if i had Aylesmith at that point in time but i was I very think, happy I to see that i think um i think you probably did because we were at the hotel bar and i remember the hotel bar you know i asked like for a local beer they said oh Aylesmith. so I'd yep. say there's a there's a good chance that we there's have, a really good chance yeah. yeah at that point in time I really kind of yeah. like I I drink good beer I knew a thing or two, um, but just didn't care right. The other thing yeah. you had on your list that helps support my argument here is um, going back to the Bay Area. Yes, where the company was based out of, you you have some, let's call check-ins, as they say these days for Untapped. Yeah. On beers at a brewery, a local like brew pub called Stoddard's. Stoddard's, yeah. Was and, in uh, downtown Sunnyvale. Yeah, and probably Fault Line too. Fault Line, which was much closer. Well, not much closer, but closer yeah. to the office. But actually Stoddard's is the one that probably really turned me into craft beer. Oh, nice. they, they had a second location in Campbell, California, which was yeah. not that far from, from Sunnyvale. Uh, but I was living very close to there. And the head brewer, he made an awesome ESB. 
and that's all I drink. I would yeah. only drink like the Stoddard's ESB and then they changed names. Um, the guy went away and this head brewer, he had a brewery until sometime last year. I don't know exactly what happened, which uh, was called Santa Clara Valley Brewing. And he would make like killer IPAs, like not the fancy, like whatever is trendy these days. Like yeah. Hazy yeah. New England style, yeah. which I love. Or, but, or grapefruit or yeah. something like that. Citrus. Yeah. Yep. He'll just make it like a very, very solid West Coast IPA. And, but now they're like no longer in production. So don't know what happened there. Yeah, was, I haven't oh, been to Stoddard's in, gosh, forever. Oh man, that place does not exist. Like, yeah. Fault Line is still there though. Fault Line is still there, yes. A yeah. good friend from Chicago moved to, um, to the Bay Area right before COVID, which he was like, never move across the country before a pandemic. Because you yeah. don't know anyone, you don't know the places and stuff. But he posted a picture in social media, and I was like, you're very close to my office. He's like, how do you know by just looking at the sidewalk? I'm like, because the sidewalk is ending. That's how, <laughs> that's, how the, yeah. that's how the valley goes. Like, people don't walk around. And I'm like, by the way, if you go like half a mile that way, you're going to be at fault line. Yeah. Says, yes, they, there is a fault line there. I'm like, okay. Their beers were okay. I think I really yeah. like their, um, what's the type of beer now? Uh, Half a uh, I think it was my favorite one. Yeah. Um, another, play, what else did I put down here? So that fault line actually had fault line on the list. Oh, another place I know for sure we had beers. And at that time, you were a weirdo for me because you really like beers a lot. And I was like, it's just beer. Um, was that Still Nam a weirdo, by the way. <laughs> well, we're, we all are, right? We all are. At least getting older, you just realize that. We're, we're weirdos yeah. that like good beers. That's fine. Now we're, we're, I think I'm more accepting of it now. I just don't care. <laughs> um, at Nanog23, which was the only Nanog that I had to that I got to go was the one in Oakland, right oh, across yeah. right across the street from the hotel. There is, I think, there is still there the Pacific Coast Brewing Company. It's a dinky little old bar, um, right across whatever the hotel was there in downtown Oakland. Yeah, that was, uh, I don't remember that one. That was a long time ago. But you had, I, I think you went back there for other reasons and you had some really good beers. Like you had Russian River there and other beers. I'm like, well, I don't remember having those beers, but right before I moved to Chicago, I remember going to, to Oakland a couple of times and I went back to that place. And I'm like, yeah, yeah they have nice. really good beers. That's That's really cool, but. I think it was the first time that I was like paying attention. To, yeah. Like, wow, people really like beers. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. The other, um, the other, there are a couple um, breweries in uh, in, in uh, Mountain View too. So that's um, it's always good. Our our new office is, is near Mountain View, so down the main, uh, it's called Castro. They have a couple good places they had one that i think shut down maybe a couple of years ago 
tide. Uh, now I'm gonna say Tidehouse. Tidehouse. Yeah. I think they shut down. Tidehouse had a Tidehouse had a couple different locations. Um, I haven't been there super recently, but I was there in, in the past couple of years. Um, but yeah, Tidehouse yeah. was was kind of like the the go to place for hosting small. Yeah, receptions or something like that. I think we had one there. That I um, used to like that place. Uh, I have yeah. nothing against Gordon Birch. Yeah, I think they they have a decent, like. But yeah, I mean, Gordon Birch is it's decent. Yeah. Yeah. How do you guys have yard house in Atlanta? Uh, no, we don't have a yard house here. But um, I have been to a couple. Uh, one was in Denver um, at the last night I went to there. And uh, there's also one, I think there's one um, in one of the suburbs here that we were at a while ago. Huh. But, yeah, Yard House is nice because, you know, they have so many places on tap. We also have a, a local place called Taco Mac, which um, is also known for their, their, you know, all their beers on tap. They have like a passport thing, you know, where you, you drink a hundred beers, you get a, I don't know, some special reward or something. Nice. You're going to get your... Uh, name on a plaque or something but i never did that because i bought all my beers at, you know at the package store at liquor store so yeah um you've been to a place in chicago before way 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 before i left here let's see if you remember this place because it's still around it's called hop okay. leaf hop leaf hop leaf yeah they I have it's like was, in the north side, it's, they have a lot of Belgian. Well, I, they're very Belgian inspired. So they had good beers before craft beer became a thing. I do not remember when you made it, but um, made it there. But hmm. if you remember, you know, great. If you don't remember. No, I don't. I was in Chicago for a couple of different conferences uh, over the years. Um, one, I think I actually went to, does Goose Island have like a location? I'm pretty sure I went to a Goose Island location. You did, and you got a beer menu and coasters nice. and, and something. <laughs> <laughs> Good I thing did. I wrote all that stuff down. <laughs> I did my research. Um, no, but Hop Leaf, it's, uh, so yes, you went to that Goose Island place. It, it is probably the original one they yeah it's known these days as um ooh, now i'm gonna forget uh Clyborne, that's how they call it because they have okay. another location at uh, yeah photo market and a couple other ones yeah. <clears throat> so speaking of um interesting places to go um my my favorite um well i don't even know what it's what it's called bar i guess beer bar is um, called Culminator, and it's in Antwerp. Okay. And I went there with another colleague he would know, um, but uh, they, uh, they they specialize in the Belgian lambic kind of style beers for mm. that region. But um, I, I love it because I was there a couple of years ago when I was in Antwerp, and it's like uh, an old husband wife. You know, they're probably in their sixties and seventies. They run the place. Um, they have all sorts of, you know, like those type of beers tend to store better. You know, like you wouldn't want to store, you know, like your IPA for several years, but you know, like, like some of those type of beers are meant to be, to be stored and, and age like, well. Yeah. Yeah. Aged. Um, 
And uh, they have all sorts of, um, you should Google it. It's called Culminator. Um, and it's a tiny, tiny hole in the wall place. And um, you can get all sorts of old beers there. My favorite thing was um, I asked for a receipt because it, like we had some food or something that I, I could expense. And <laughs> they didn't even have a cash register like where they could print something. So the guy wrote on a napkin and I think like stamped their business stamp or like <laughs> and stapled it to a coaster. And like I scanned that and, and that was my receipt. <laughs> so, you gotta do what you gotta do, right? Yeah, so that was, uh, that was crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, they have like a huge beer cellar and all that kind of stuff. And you know, it's just like regular, like just laid back people going in there you know like those places don't attract like the the um younger people or like you know like amsterdam is known for all the the british people coming there on on the bachelor parties and stuff you know like this is a like a serious beer drinking place for serious beer drinkers that, that want to sip a beer and, and just hang out so it's nice nice and the last one that i well i have two more but, sure um, the other place that I actually I drank a lot of beer before I moved to California was the Portsmouth Brewing Bar oh, yeah. in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. New Hampshire, yeah. Did you go to, so I see you went there, and but you said you went to the brewery. Did you go to the brewery or to the beer bar like in downtown? Probably the beer bar. Okay. Um, so, you, you know, know we, we had a couple. There too, yeah. yeah. You know, we had a couple of colleagues that were from Portsmouth hmm. or one of them. Yes, um, I know that guy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the other interesting thing was, you know, um, when when I started for the company that we worked for, it was Cabletron. Cabletron That's was up true, there. That's true. Yeah, and um, I I only went to to the that headquarters once, but um, you know, we didn't go to to Portland that time. I was up there um, actually doing some interop testing, I think. Um, oh yeah, because, because the, the UNH UNH yeah. IOL is up there, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I was doing, I think it was MPLS stuff, you know, like years and years ago when, <laughs> when you still needed to do MPLS interop because it was so new that like, it just didn't work if you plugged it in. See, uh, this so is how much there. Greg knows about networking. Okay. We're talking uh, about MPLS <laughs> in 1999. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Um, Double tagging and stuff. Oh That's, yeah. All that. Lacerda, yeah. Compella, all those Oof. drafts. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, so I was up there for the, the UNH IOL doing something and um, we all ended up, or I, I went there, we did, yeah. Because, you know, I, I was on my list to visit, obviously, that was in the area, so that was a good one. Apparently yeah. that place is still there. I used to like the, they had a bar downstairs. So they had like the brewery or the microbrewery and the beer pub, like on the first floor, but they had a basement. Yeah. Um, and that was super, super, super fun. For, for a small town, like cozy small town. Yeah, and I, yeah, that's what I like about it. It's like small and, and, and cozy and and like it's it's right uh, near Maine, I think. I think I, I took a wrong turn trying to get back to the hotel and I ended up in Maine. You know, it's like, <laughs> that's it's pretty like much the, how that goes, yeah. Yeah, so the intersection of a, a couple smaller states up north. <laughs> yeah, by, so I used to work for that company that company is the one that brought me from Brazil to the U.S. So right. um, first time I came to the U.S., I was, so I flew like Sao Paulo, New York, missed my connection in New York because it was snowing in Boston, of course, in January. Yeah. 
Um, yes. So got a second flight, took a cab from JFK to LaGuardia. And yeah. They're like, we're going to put you on another flight. I'm like, fine. They're like, the only thing is that it's not here. I'm like, where is that? It's like another airport. I'm like, how do I get there? They're like, we're going to put you in a cab. I'm like, that's fine. And yeah. this is obviously way before 9-11. So actually they were waiting. Like there was, there were two, me and another passenger that had to be on that flight from TWA. They were waiting <laughs> for yeah. us. Like the taxi pulls up like at LaGuardia. They're like such and such. We're like, yes. They're like, okay, just come with us. That's yeah. And they put, put us in a plane. So I land in Boston around like 7.30 PM local time. And I rent a car and I drive from Boston to New Hampshire, right? That's mm-hmm. where my hotel was in, was in Portsmouth. Did you say this at, at the, oh, wait, you were at the Sous Chalet, remember that? Did you ever yeah, stay there? Sous Chalet. That yes. was, that was the 95. hotel. Yeah. Yep. Oh man. That so <laughs> yeah. So it's my first time in the country. Like I'm super excited, traveled like, I don't know, 15 hours, 18 hours to get there. Uh, so I landed in Boston, took me about, probably 30 minutes to get out of Logan because I just like, it's confusing. And they're like, make sure you don't go here because you're going to go in the tunnel. You don't want to go in the tunnel. You want to take yeah. this road that is going to take you to 95, 95 and then you go. I'm like, okay. And this is way before Google Maps. GPS is, yeah. yeah. Yahoo, whatever, right? I yep. had a map and I had directions from, from my colleagues that like, this is what yep. you're going to do. But the only thing is that it was at night already, right? So it's like 7.30 p.m. in the middle of winter. It's like night. Yes. So it took me like a few miles to real, number one, like I got to 95. I was super happy and I start driving. I'm like, let me make sure I'm going north and not south. So I'm like, cool, I'm going north. That's great. And then I have my directions and but I'm not like I'm driving. So I'm not like reading my papers. So I kind of memorized exit 16. Like, okay, cool. Yeah. So I'm on 95 and then eventually it's like, welcome to New Hampshire. I'm like, great. I'm going, I'm going the, the right way. Uh, this is like after an hour driving. Um, and then it says exit one. I'm like, perfect. I have 15 more to go. So exit one, two, three. And then it's like, welcome to Maine. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh something happened here. Yeah. So yeah, it was exit 16 of the other road. Like to go to work was exit 16 to go to of another road to go to the Souchalet hotel was like exit two or three. I don't remember. So it took me a while to, to, to go to the hotel. Yeah. Nice. It, it worked. Yeah. That was a, not, not the um, highest quality hotel, I think. I've been to worse, (laughs) (laughs) but I don't think it's been, I I don't even know. Like I haven't been there for, for ages now, but yeah, I haven't either. You changed a lot. I only had to go there once up to that um, headquarters. So I think I was okay with that, but I do remember stopping. um, I guess it was in, I guess it was in Massachusetts. There's a liquor store right before the um, New Hampshire border. And then we're stopping on the way back to Logan. And, you know, I got a six pack of some local <laughs> thing there. Uh, I could probably find it if I went and grabbed the HTML. So, yeah. Yeah, it's fun times. Yeah. All the interesting things we, we do for beer. 
That is correct. But it's worth it, right? I think <laughs> it is. I mean, I enjoy it. You know? I think it is too. It's fun. Like, again, people think we're weirdos, but we are. So <laughs> yeah. it's all good. Yeah, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Cool. Greg, it's been so much fun. Thanks for doing this. Well, thanks. It's yeah, great talking was... to you after so long. Yeah, man. And, we well, a lot of, a lot of down a lot of memory lanes there. I know. <laughs> and if you're ever in Chicago, let me know. We'll, we'll, Absolutely. We'll go back to Hopleaf and make sure you don't remember. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sounds that sounds great. I'll take you up on that. Okay, sounds good. All thanks right. a lot, man. Take care. Take All it right, easy. Have a good one. You too. Bye. Bye.